Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. What's going on, guys? I'm back. This is Paul. This is Pauline Theology's Daily Devotional. If it's your first time listening, I'm glad you're here. Hope you enjoy the content as we continue our daily devos on First Peter. We're in chapter 4. If you're back, man, I'm glad you're back. Glad you're back. Glad that we are continuing to study, trying to find um, what Peter is saying to the people and what he's talking about God, what he's talking about mankind. And then uh, how we can apply it to our lives. So I'm just going to go ahead and jump into it. We're in chapter four. We got some more difficult phrases that Peter says coming from uh, last time into this time. So we'll see what uh, uh, is said and how we can apply it to our lives. First Peter chapter four, verse one through six. It says, since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. For whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. So as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. For the time that is past suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do, living in sensuality, passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, and lawless idolatry. With respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery, and they malign you. But they will give account to him who is ready to judge and live uh, judge the living and the dead for this is why the gospel was preached even to those who were dead that though judged in the flesh the way people are they might live in the spirit the way God does so as we jump into this Peter is telling these guys it's time to suffer that uh, we've got to arm ourselves in this way of thinking uh, this is like uh, he uses arm because it's a war it's an actual war that we have to go through and it's a war between the the um, spirit and the flesh like paul says it's a a war between the um, um those who are in christ and those who are not in christ it, it's a war and so we got to arm ourselves with thinking that we have to suffer like christ suffers it says for whoever has suffered from in the flesh has ceased from sin now, this uh, idea is that whenever you are giving yourself up, then that means that is sin is beginning to stop. I think uh, it's uh, kind of the, the idea of taking up your cross when you're suffering in the flesh, because that's basically what Peter is talking about. If you go back to the last chapter, it talks about how Christ suffered uh, uh, for the, as, as a righteous person for the unrighteous. And so in the same way, we're to arm ourselves like Christ and suffer. And when we give up ourselves, when we carry our cross, then it's like that that mind frame. That's that arming of our thinking that causes us to stop sinning. You know, now, obviously, sometimes we we uh, uh, fall short of that because we're we're all um, fighting that battle, that war that we're to arm ourselves with. But whenever we put on the mind frame, when we put the, the hat on of thinking that I want to suffer as Christ has suffered for what he has done for me, then that is the moment in which we begin to walk closer uh, to the Lord. I think that's what that means. And it says, live out the rest of our times like this, uh, that we're no longer to uh, um, live out a life that is consistent with the sinful life. Paul says, in Galatians, I think it says that, man, for the deeds of the flesh are evident, man. Everybody knows these are wrong. But the thing here is that when we suffer, it is not necessarily or always from the government. Because I think that this is specifically talking about the government in a way because it is the government who is uh, plaguing the Christian people for the things they do. But it's also their neighbors. 
It's also their brethren. Uh, I'm sorry, not brethren in the sense. It's their neighbors. It's also their countrymen or the people that are living next to them. These people are maligning them because they're not carrying their life in the same way that the rest of Rome or the rest of whatever country they are in is living. They are living a life that's contrary to that because it's not what the gospel calls them to do. I mean, I think it's an example for um, the the world today for us, especially last month was, was Pride Month, you know, and oftentimes Christians get maligned for saying that uh, we're evil or we're a hate speech or something like that when we say that homosexuality or transgenderism or uh, any of these other type of things in that fashion are wrong. See, because we're not living in the same lifestyle or um, giving pride or glory to the same lifestyle that the people around us, that our neighbors are doing. And so because of that, we're getting maligned, we're getting hated. And that's what, what Paul or Peter says. He says, with respect to these things, they are surprised when you not join them in this flood of debauchery and they malign you. So this, this is what's going to happen. This is why we're seeing this today. It's because as Christians, we're standing out against something. We're standing in opposition to something that God has clearly said is sin. And we as the chosen race, the holy nation, uh, a royal priesthood cannot partake in. And there will be an account. It says that they will give an account from the one who judges the living and the dead. So God will judge those who do not repent, do not turn to him. It will happen. Now, we hope that on the day of his visitation that they will glorify God because they have repented from their sins on this earth now. But that is not always the case. And so those who have not bent the knee to Christ will bend it then, but will suffer an eternity apart from him. What is this saying about God? Well, it's saying he's the ultimate judge and that he judges fairly and justly and that he will judge, but that he also desires for his people to be holy, that he wants us to be separate from a, um, the separate from the world around us and how they live and how they act. It also says that he came and manifested his life on this earth and suffered. So he, he, he lived as we lived that's that's remarkable well what is it saying about uh, mankind well it says mankind uh, um, as sinful man is separate from the glory and the gospel of those who are a part of the christian nation those who are, are part or have been endowed with this holy spirit they're in opposition against each other it says the way that they live we will not live as christians because life as a christian is contrary to that it says that uh those who sin will be judged and that judgment can either fall on Christ and his sacrifice for us, or it can fall on us and we can receive it on our own if we don't repent and bend the knee. And finally, what is the application I can get from this? Well, I, I think the application is clear. It's that we are to live lives that are worthy of the gospel. I use that term because uh, Paul uses it. I think that it means that the way that we live lives would make others see the gospel and glorify in it. Now, that's what Peter said earlier. It says that that's our goal as the chosen uh, nation, as a, a royal priesthood, is that we would live a life that is so good that they would see our deeds and glorify God. And so in the same way, I say that's what this is calling us to do when we live lives separated, though they may malign us for it. 
I think that that lifestyle combined with our preaching and our teaching of love, of, of judgment, of the gospel, of, of the glory of God, combine those two together, then they will come to know him. The uh, gates of hell cannot overcome it. And so the application is uh, uh, live righteous, preach the word. I appreciate you guys for listening today. And um, yeah, it's been a good it's been a good word. And we'll continue to read as we do our study on the first Peter. It's deep, guys. So appreciate you guys for listening. I'll see you guys next time.